Hey everybody, it's John. I wanted to remind you that we do have a Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash alien minute. Over there on Patreon, Mitch and I discuss subjects concerning movies and television and just about anything else we want to talk about. So uh, if you want to come over there, you can subscribe for $2 a month for one episode or $5 a month for every episode at patreon.com forward slash alien minute. Thank you. Welcome to the Alien Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. My name is John Ingle. And I'm Mitch Bryan, and we will be looking at Minute 3 of Alien, which begins with the Nostromo, the Specs, and ends with a shot down a hallway into a room that we will eventually learn is the kitchen. Yeah. So we get uh, right off the bat in this minute, we get the name of the ship that is going to be the setting for pretty much the whole movie. Um so we can talk about the background of the naming of the ship and what it means. Uh, Nostromo refers to a book by Joseph Conrad, a book I have never read. Have you ever read Nostromo? Mitch? I've never read Nostromo. I never have either. Um, David Lean was going to make a movie of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there's always a lot of uh, good fortune uh, when trying to adapt to Joseph Conrad's story. I've, uh, as I understand it, am I wrong about that? What do you mean? I feel like uh, anyone who's ever tried to adapt a Joseph Conrad story had a great time doing it, right? And well, never I don't any... know. The, for years they said nobody, oh, could, am I wrong? nobody could lick Heart of Darkness, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, I think Orson Welles might have had a kind of a hard time with that one. Uh, but <laughs> but course, John Milius did okay with John it. John Milius did okay. Uh, after going momentarily insane, Francis Ford Coppola did pretty good with the, with the project of Apocalypse Now. And Ridley Scott was coming off of a Joseph Conrad adaptation, The Duelists. Yeah, so... Uh, safe to say Ridley Scott brought this name with him, uh, his admiration for Joseph Conrad and his work. Because um, the ship was called the Leviathan in the earlier drafts, was wasn't it? It was called the Leviathan right before Nostromo, and before that in the Dan O'Bannon script, it was called the Snark. The Snark. I'm not sure what... Uh, I understand the meaning of the word snark. Do you <laughs> As think, it's used now, I'm not sure I what wonder. it's meaning by that then. Yeah, um, that sounds like a dark star kind of thing. It's very it? dark star. Yeah, we didn't talk about uh, dark star, did we? When no, we were discussing it, O'Bannon. Uh, you're right. We minute. should probably mention that. that sure. That uh, it was uh, John Carpenter's uh, senior project at USC or right. graduate project at USC, and O'Bannon had had written the script uh, right. and plays Penback in it. Penback. And it's a it's a spaceship comedy. Yeah, and it's something else. I uh, this, here's another little small town video store story. Uh, another small town, this time in southeast Missouri, very small video store where we got everything that we watched. And at the time, is mid-90s, yeah, I was, you know, I was in a different mindset, let's just say, than I uh, had been earlier in my life, looking for anything like crazy, strange cinema. And that one, I don't know, I vaguely remember the VHS cover and anything with a spaceship, sure, I'll give it a shot. And that movie blew our minds. We what? had no idea what we were getting into when we rented Dark Star. Was there a surfer in space on the cover? I think the, I think wasn't he Maybe. surfing in space? I I vaguely just remember a very dark image of a ship in space. That's all yeah. I can think of. But you might be right. There might be multiple versions. Yeah. Somebody if, tell me if I'm going crazy. Write in. Let us know yeah. that uh, whether there was a surfer in space or not on the yeah. cover of that. Yeah. But Dark Star is an is an odd film, and I and you know I think as I've heard, he wrote the original script 
version of the alien script was was called the uh, star beast was sort of an answer to how uh dark star was was uh the reaction to dark star and maybe how john carpenter directed it I also understand that him and John Carpenter never spoke again <laughs> after making Dark Star. If that's correct, is that? Is I that think I heard heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he he wrote a, a script, or at least a story. I don't know if he did an outline, a script, or if there's a draft out there of Star Beast. But that is what evolved eventually into um, into the Alien script. Um, but yeah. So there's a little bit about Dark Star that we might have mentioned yesterday, but. And there's also a case to be made for a, an even deeper origin for the the um, alien story, yeah. which uh, we'll talk about in a in a future episode. I think I might know what you're talking about, yeah. but we'll see when we get there. All right, so we'll talk about the Nostromo. We got the specs very beginning of the of the minute. We have the specs for the Nostromo on the screen. What do you think this is telling us? What do we need? Like, what are they trying to establish here by showing us these very? Uh, I, I always feel like that there's a certain. Um, Certain clinical quality that comes across when you put when you put those sort of right. over titles, you know, over the image, uh, it it always communicates to me an immediacy like this is really happening, this is really legit, this is really true. Right. The way that it appears in Silence of the Lambs, where we know we're in Quantico, Virginia, or right. in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, when we're out in the you know it starts out in the out in the desert. Sure. And it says present day. Right. This obviously is not present day. But it does seem to embrace a reality, and it tells us there are going to be seven people on board this ship, and it tells us that this is a commercial towing vehicle. Right. Uh, and so it's 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 the first of many steps, I think, to kind of give us this hard, real version the, of the future. Right, the banality of the future as opposed to so the spectacular future that we're used to seeing in movies at, the, at this point, right? Yeah. Like we're getting, uh, this is going to be work-a-day future stuff here so that's why we get the amount of ore they can refine on the nostromo so simple numbers like uh like that but but uh, thinking about this idea of the spectacular future right you know, the shot that follows this is nothing short of spectacular yeah, um, which is this shot of the ship passing over right head it reminds me a little bit of the beginning of star wars sure, sure. um but it's it it just kind of Kind of like the discovery in two thousand and one, it just keeps going, keeps going. It's big, it's massive. You get a real sense of it, right? And you're in real, real tight on it. That's a, that's one of the differences between you're not actually seeing the all the dimensions of the ship as it passes over the way you see the Star Destroyer at the beginning of Star Wars. You're in real tight, and you're seeing the real close detail. And um, I think we'll talk about this later with a guest uh, a few minutes uh, down the line. But they shot it at a different frame rate as well for the, for the express purpose of getting in tight and getting more detail. We'll talk about that more later when we have a, a cinematographer or someone on the, that, you know. But I think the other thing is the sound, too. Yeah. The fact that it's so quiet. I remember having seen the movie and somebody asking me about it, and I remember describing back to them that the ship reminded me of the Discovery in 2001 because it was so quiet. You know, yeah. even though you do hear the engines, you know, would be the internal mm -hmm. engines going um, it, it's definitely not Star Wars with you know no. laser beams flying through space and making lots of noise and everything. Right, right? and in Goldsmith's score is is much more laid under the track yeah. and kind of just a tick tock like ding, 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 where yeah. John Williams is like, here's a spaceship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so everything you can do, which is perfect for Star Wars. So everything kind of following those titles, following those um, those beautiful. Uh, 
meticulously designed, mysterious titles that were done by R. Greenberg and Associates, right. uh, who was one of the preeminent, it was becoming one of the preeminent uh, title design companies and would, would, throughout the 1980s, really uh, revolutionize the way that movie titles worked and right. began. Um, and would, they, would do, they, did, they would do Altered States, they would do The Dead Zone, uh, and then in, into the 90s they would do Seven. Uh, so those titles lull us into this, you know, state of of a weird kind of tension, and yet it's really understated. So it's right. we know the filmmakers are up to something, and and they're making it very clear that they're not letting us in on it. Right. Even the way that the letters appear, and it takes us to the end of the titles right. to finally see the title of the movie, right. suggests a certain control that they are going to exact over the audience sure. and so from that quiet beginning into this equally quiet reveal of this massive spaceship uh, this movie's not starting out in a way that wants to uh, pat you on the head and make you feel good and right. it ain't the beginning of poltergeist you know well let's yeah. have a few a few laughs before right. things go dark no it starts in this dark and it, quiet it, place it's pretty yeah and it barely ever leaves it for the rest of the movie either it's nice the even tone that's set right at the beginning there um so we're seeing this tight these tight shots of the ship or this tight shot of the ship as it passes over so we could talk about a little bit the ship design and uh and the evolution of that um uh probably we'll have an archive section on alienminute.com our website where we're going to put up a lot of uh, of the concept art and different things you know different articles and so on that you can check out so you go there and see some of the original concept art uh uh ron cobb and chris foss had drawn up of the ship and before in the early stages of pre-production the ship was way different right yeah and i think what what ron cobb really brings to this uh is is this sense of of bulk and scale and right. and 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 it hard hard metal hard construction of steel it's not the sleek beautiful phallic you know spaceship of a 50s movie yeah and there's something retrofitted about it that i really love i mean the fact that they, they're actually towing this refinery su suggests that this is it's it's hard it's muscular it's strong right. and and it reminds me a little bit of the of the russian space stuff if uh if you've ever seen any of that it's t always retrofitted it's right. totally um function over form in fact there's a space museum in in central kansas the the kansas cosmosphere and discovery mm -hmm. center where through a weird twist of fate uh, there was a russian space exhibit touring when the wall came down and the russian economy the russians didn't have enough money to bring this stuff back and so it was purchased and it's on display and and it is just it looks like this it looks it looks uh, it looks all put together and Lego blocked, and right. it's not sleek at all. It's it's just very functional. See now the story, as I understand, there this might be one of those things where there's different sides to the story, but uh, the early concepts, the Foss and and um, and um, Cobb, Foss, they, they were more sleek. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. from what I understand, is Scott really Scott's the one that brought the uh, being as impressed with Star Wars as he was. He brought the used universe ideas in, and he started. You know, once that might as well start talking about the interior of the ship, which we're going to cut to in this minute as well. Um, he was the one that said, "Let's see more piping. Let's see more wires. Let's see more buttons. Let's see as much as we can." And and sort of moved uh, as far as the exterior ship design moved it from more of a of a space cruiser to a industrial vessel. 
Um, that's the story I heard, at yeah. least. But Cobb, it was like a light went off when Scott started talking about the stuff. That's as I understand it. So um, Ridley Scott, uh, as as I said, it was very impressed with Star Wars. That's what brought him. He had paid no mind to science fiction as a genre before he saw Star Wars, and so he brought those some of those ideas and the things that impressed him about that movie over to the Alien uh, pre-production as well. So, um, but yeah, once we're inside the ship, we're getting some serious detail. Um, and you wanted to talk about the camera, yeah? And how think, it's I think the other thing that gets established is it establishes the world and it establishes this used future idea, and that it's very you see the piping and you see all that all that stuff. But the camera itself establishes itself as a presence. The right. camera is moving. The camera is peering around corners. The camera is alive right. um, to the point where at one point it seems to even rustle some papers as yeah, it that, passes by. And there'll, a, there'll be an even bigger moment three quarters of the way into the picture where sure. that, that notion of the camera being totally present gets taken in a completely strange place right the, it'll be in the next minute that the papers wrestle we'll, we'll talk about that more then for sure but yeah there's uh there's no doubt that this camera is like we're on the ride with the camera we're, we're in the ship and it's yeah there's it has its own presence but there's a lot you're right the talk. papers don't rustle till the next minute. that's fine Sorry about but that. yeah the, <laughs> I, it's fine to establish that anyway but do you have anything else about this minute that you wanted to talk well, the about. only other thing I wanted to mention is yeah. is in back in terms of that reveal of the of the ship. One of the things that I noticed in both drafts of the script yeah. is that there, the ship was always being revealed by the video cameras inside the ship That's that were right. shooting back. So it was so the objective godlike shot of the ship uh, that we get right off the bat was something that would that came later in the screenplay, where it was it was actually kind of lulling us into understanding the shape of the ship through the people observing it. Right, the two, the, the O'Bannon and the Walter Hill, the, those drafts both open in the cryo uh, pod room, right? I yeah. believe that you don't even get a ship. Well, uh, no, in the O'Bannon, when the, the ship does turn on, everything starts turning yeah, on. Yeah, everything the turns on, on, that's right. And that idea is there, and then, then they go into the to the freezer. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's a testament to how Ridley, Ridley Scott's known for taking his time and uh, he wants to bring you into the world uh, that he builds, and we see it a lot throughout his career. And that's must be something that he brought to this as well. Yeah, I, don't I think know. that 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 subjective camera, that that camera presence, seems to be much more pronounced in the movie than it is in either one of the scripts. Right. So you kind of got to figure maybe that was that's part of his strategy. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right. Okay, well that's all we've got for minute three. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. At uh, Alien Minute Podcast, that's at Alien Minute Pod is our handle. Um, you can go to alienminute.com and uh, uh, send us an email at john at alienminute.com. And make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, that's all we got. Thank you for listening. Bye.